broadcasting from the birthplace and crossroads of Western New York. This is 90.7 FM, WGCC-FM, Batavia. Hey, what's up? I'm Weird Al Yankovic, and this is World College Radio Day. Hi, it's Paula Cole, wishing you happy College Radio Day. I'm Alan Clark from Die Straits Legacy. Happy College Radio Day. This is Ellen Foley, and I support College Radio. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Mark Bryan from Hootie and the Blowfish, wishing you all a happy College Radio Day. Hey, this is Trombone Short, and I want to wish everyone a happy College Radio Day. What's up? I'm Electra Mustaine, and this is World College Radio Day. What's good? I'm Dana Hobson. And I'm Daniel Wolf from Dana and the Wolf. And this is World College Radio Day. Welcome to the 11th Annual World College Radio Day. Can you believe it? We're in month 20 of a global pandemic, and it's our second College Radio Day event held in these circumstances. Although we've faced some tough challenges in the past 20 months, this time has allowed us to reflect on what truly is important in our lives and where we want to invest our time. To this extent, students have said their ability to still do radio has been a beacon for them in the COVID-19 storm. During this time, faculty and staff worked hard to create systems that would allow students and staff to connect remotely and provide a connection back to campus, but also to each other. Together while apart, we still delivered newscasts and shows. We still introduced you to great new music, and we brought our community together safely over our airwaves and social media channels. So today, we celebrate the resilient spirit of the students, faculty, and staff working in college radio. Because unlike our professional friends in media that have a responsibility to inform and entertain audiences, we had a choice and we chose to continue to do what we love the most, college radio. In these tough times, we've come through to show that even in the darkest of moments, college radio can more than survive. It can thrive. College radio is resilient radio. Hey everyone, my name is Chloe. And my name is Lian. And we are coming to you from Malaysia here at Sun FM. So, World College Radio Day marks the first anniversary of our station. But due to current lockdown in Malaysia since last year, we've been doing our recordings virtually. So we might have a disadvantage, but fret not, we still have our high spirits. So this year's World College Radio theme is called Resilience Radio, where we actually aim to bring a light and also a positive outlook on life despite all the negative events that is going on in our life right now. And here at our station, we'll be staying inspired while the world's on fire. See you guys at World College Radio Day here on Sun FM. We are Radio Moreni from Tampere University, Finland. I am Hanne Vuorela. And I am M. Friestadius. For us here in Radio Moreni, resilience means continuity, even during the pandemic. Being resilient is also an attitude. It's finding new ways to communicate with each other. Radio is the most intimate medium. It communicates with words and emotions. Radio brings us together in these trying times when we can't meet in person. Join Celebrating Resilience on October 1st, 2021. Hi, this is Estación V from Colombia. Nos unimos al Día Mundial de la Radio Universitaria porque también somos una radio resiliente. College Radio is Resilient Radio. Estación V, 10 años. 
saying hi from the only station where you hear the roar. This is USC Tiger Radio from Manila, Philippines. I am Saber, and for this year's World College Radio Day, we will celebrate it by inviting other college radio friends from other Philippine universities to join the conversation on this year's theme, Resilient Radio. All that and more on October 1st for World College Radio Day. Hello, my name is Shivyanka, and I'm a student at the University of Fiji that is located in the beautiful nation of Fiji. I am from the campus in the western side of the country, below Toka City. Our school's radio station is known as the Vox Populi, which in Latin means the voice of the people. To me, resilient radio means the ability of radio stations to adapt quickly to the changing nature of technology and evolve as necessary. This year, I will be celebrating World College Radio Day by taking part in the competitions and events being hosted by our university's radio station, Vivox Populi. Thank you and a happy World College Radio Day. Welcome to World College Radio Day. My name is Len O'Kelly, and I'm the faculty advisor of WLSX and WCKS Radio at Grand Valley State University in Allendale, Michigan. This year, we have an unprecedented amount of content that we are proud to share with you, with the highlight being an exclusive interview with Weird Al Yankovic, our official ambassador for World College Radio Day 2021. So, we hope you will enjoy this special program, created especially for all participating stations to play on the air and share with their listeners. Welcome to Part 1, or Side A, of our special WCRD 2021 content. To start with, here's President of World College Radio Day 2021, Eva Gustafsson, who is the head of K103 Gothenburg Student Radio in Sweden. Hi, my name is Eva Gustafsson. I'm the President of World College Radio Day, and I welcome you to the 11th Annual World College Radio Day. On Friday, October 1st, once again we come together to celebrate radio productions by students worldwide. Student radio, campus radio, college radio, we go by many names, but we all have the same focus. Get our word out and share our thoughts with you. Music, interviews, discussions, news, comedy, we have it all for you. And all this is made with a resilience hard to find anywhere else. Come what may, student radio will find a way, because in tough times, we thrive. Join in on the fun and celebrate World College Radio Day with us. In the USA, the president of College Radio Day 2021 is Annabella Poland. Welcome to the 11th annual World College Radio Day. My name is Annabella Poland and I am general manager at WMSC-FM on the campus of Montclair State University in the United States. I'm also president of College Radio Day in the U.S., organizing participating stations in our country. If someone told me that we would be here 20 months after two weeks to flatten the curve, I don't know if I could have done what we did in the past few months. Perhaps that was the saving grace. We just didn't know. It was not an easy way of doing radio. And it was not an easy way to do a World College Radio Day. Uh, let's be clear, we love World College Radio Day. It is our Super Bowl for all of us Americans here. It is the World Cup for all of our friends around the world. And here we are, 20 months later, 
very lucky to be able to have most of our programming in person. We do wish that the rest of the world can heal and join us. And there seems to be light at the end of the tunnel. And we really truly do hope that this time is light at the end of the tunnel and not just someone's flashlight. I do know one thing. We learn in these 20 months that we are resilient. We remain resilient. And in times when we were not called to inform or to entertain or to do radio, but really just to survive as human beings, we decided to do radio. Not necessarily because people will be tuning in to our stations for the best news on COVID-19, really, but because it was the best possible lesson for our students. This once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to cover hard news that are affecting the entire world, and it happened on their watch. And so because of it, I salute all of you, my peers in radio around the world on this day and have the best World College Radio Day yet. You're listening to World College Radio Day. Dr. Demento is an American radio broadcaster and record collector specializing in novelty songs, comedy, and strange or unusual recordings dating from the early days of phonograph records to the present. Dr. Demento is Barrett Eugene Barry Hansen, who created the Demento persona in 1970 while working at Los Angeles station KPCC-FM. He played Transfusion by Nervous Norvis on the radio, and DJ the Obscene Stephen Clean said that Hansen had to be demented to play it, and the name stuck. Hansen is credited with introducing new generations of listeners to artists of the early and middle 20th century whom they might not have otherwise discovered, such as Harry McClintock, Spike Jones, Benny Bell, Yogi Jorgensen, Stan Freeberg, and Tom Lear. He also helped bring Weird Al Yankovic to national attention. Zeb Navarro from Palomar College's KKSM interviewed Dr. Demento. Hello there, this is Dr. Demento. We're on the radio here. your radio. Westwood One presents the Dr. Demento Show. Two hours of mad music and crazy comedy from out of the archives and off the wall. Rare records and outrageous tapes from yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Today is World College Radio Day. On this day, we are celebrating the resilience of college radio. I'm Zeb Navarro, station manager of KKSM Palmar College Radio, and I chatted with legendary radio host Dr. Demento, who is celebrating his 50th year in radio. Here is Dr. Demento talking about his start in college radio. Well, I, I started in college radio at a small college, a Reed College in Portland, Oregon, small liberal arts school. A wealthy alumnus had given them equipment to start a radio station about five years before my arrival, which was in 1959. They put out the word that anybody who was interested in being on the radio could apply to join the staff of the station. And I eagerly signed up and was given a half hour show every every Friday night, uh, which quickly expanded because I guess they liked what I had to say. And also I showed up every every Friday. So what was the appeal of doing college radio? 
Oh, just just the thrill of being on the air. I, I mean, we I don't think we ever had very many listeners because we only had 10 watts of FM. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could hear us. We had somebody call in from 12 miles away once, and you could hear, generally hear us from uh, for about a two or three mile radius from the transmitter. Uh, and, and just the thrill of being on the air and uh, playing my favorite music, being able to choose it myself. From Reed College, Dr. Demento then went on to broadcast the Dr. Demento Show, first on a local station in Los Angeles, then syndicated coast to coast. With commercial radio becoming more corporate, Dr. Demento moved his weekly show to drdemento.com. The webpage is actually run for me by my manager and my uh, webmaster. Uh, it offers about 1,500 older shows, which you can stream. Uh, so you, we put up the new show every Saturday morning at right after midnight, early Saturday, every every week. But then it's archived every week. And, and we now have like a, about 1,500 older shows going back to my first year on the air, 1970, 71, with, with new shows added all the time and we keep adding with 50 years in radio dr demeno has shown resilience in continuing to not only broadcast but inspire listeners and artists including a listener named alfred yankovic by 74 or 75 i started getting more and more tapes i played in 74 i played a couple of unreleased tapes uh, the, the management of kmet objected at first then I convinced them that uh, I, I made a deal with them. If I could get written permission for every unreleased tape that I played, they said it was okay. I needed to get written permission because they were worried about uh, about infringing on copyright or something like that. So anyway, so to, to make a long story short, by 76, I was playing a, a couple of unreleased tapes every week. And so I, I got I got a tape in the mail from Alfred Yankovic of Linwood, California. He sent me a tape and I opened it up and put it on and I, I loved it right away. It was a song called Belvedere Cruising, which was about cruising around the streets of Linwood, California, a suburb of Los Angeles, in the Yankovic family automobile, which was, uh, I think, a 1960 or 74 Plymouth Belvedere. And the song was funny. So I played it on the air and it got good response, good phones, as they say. Then he went to college in San Luis Obispo, California, uh, at Cal Poly there. And Cal Poly had a, a radio station, a pretty good one. And so uh, Al got, got a shift on the air and played funny music, mostly inspired by the Dr. Demento show, as I'm sure he'd, he'd say. It was because of that station that he became Weird Al Yankovic. He, he decided he needed a, a, a catchier name than Alfred. So he became Weird Al. The song that really first got his name around was My Bologna. And it was a song parody. It was his, not his very first song parody, but the first one that really tickled people. The Knack 
heard about the song and heard heard the song and convinced Capitol Records to sign Weird Al to a record deal. So they put out one single of My Bologna with a school cafeteria on the flip side. Dr. Domeno is still going strong on his website, drdomeno.com, where he still broadcasts his show playing weird music and crazy comedy. We'd like to thank Dr. Domeno, and for the complete interview with Dr. Domeno, visit collegeradio.org. And now, especially to celebrate Weird Al Yankovic as our official ambassador for World College Radio Day 2021, a special message from Dr. Demento. Hello, I'm Dr. Demento, and I want to congratulate Weird Al Yankovic for being the 2021 College Radio Day Ambassador. And now, here's my pal, Weird Al. Don't want no Captain Crunch, don't want no Raisin Bran. Well, don't you know that other kids are starving in Japan, so eat it. Fat, fat, I'm fat. Shamu, fat. You know I'm fat, fat, I'm fat. You know it. Swamp down in Dagobah Where it bubbles all the time Like a giant carbonated soda S-O-D-A soda We've been spending most our lives Living in an Amish paradise With my belt with suspenders And sandals with my socks To keep all my flavors sealed in tight with aluminum foil. Multi Grammy Award winner, music and comedy legend, accordion player, and college radio alumnus, Alfred Matthew Weird Al Yankovic is an American singer, musician, record producer, and actor who is known for humorous songs that make light of pop culture and often parody specific songs by contemporary musical acts. After hearing Dr. Demento on the air, a comedy radio program featuring humorous music, Al sent the doctor a tape of a song entitled Belvedere Cruising in 1976. Al was a senior at Linwood High School in Linwood, California at the time, but that tape was the start of his eventual career. Three years later, Al was an architecture student and a disc jockey at the Cal Poly San Luis Obispo radio station, KCPR. Since My Sharona by the Knack was on the charts, and the Knack was going to play at Cal Poly, Al took his accordion into the bathroom across from the listening booth and recorded a parody entitled My Bologna. The Knack thought it was funny, and arranged for the song to be released on their label, Capitol Records, which gave Al a six-month contract. The rest is history, which includes five Grammy Awards, including three Best Comedy Album wins, numerous platinum and gold albums, Top 40 hits in four straight decades. A number one album more than 30 years into his career and the love and respect of millions of fans around the world. Weird Al has reached legendary status. We are proud to share with you our exclusive interview with Weird Al Yankovic, recorded by WNUW's Amanda Cunningham and WMSC's Jared Tauber. <laughs> You're listening to World College Radio Day. 
I'm Jared Tauber from 90.3 WMSC at Montclair State University. And I'm Amanda Cunningham from 98.5 WNUW at Newman University. We're sitting here today with a multi-Grammy award winner, music and comedy legend, and a college radio alum, Weird Al Yankovic. Welcome back to College Radio, Al. Great to be here. Um, How's it feel to be back in college radio, I guess, in in quotes? (laughs) (laughs) It feels pretty good. I mean, I loved my college radio days. That's where I first got my start. That's where I first uh, took a name Weird Al professionally. Uh, that's where I recorded my very first single. It was re- across the hall from my campus radio station. So I have very, very fond memories of uh, KCPR San Luis Obispo. Uh, and uh, it, it feels great to be back in college radio. Yeah, it is a, definitely a unique environment to be in because it's all learning. I wanted to start off with such an interesting question. You were an architecture major at the California Polytechnic University. And, you know, college radio is normally where communication majors hang out. What drew you into college radio being an architecture major? Um, well, I just uh, I've always uh, enjoyed, you know, music and comedy. And, and uh, I was a big fan of uh, the, the college radio station. I, I grew up in L.A. And I remember as a kid, I would call up KHJ, like the big AM station in town to try to win anything. And you couldn't even get through on the line. It was like always busy. And uh, if you got through at all, you're like the 5000th caller. And I remember the first time I did a contest on KCPR, they said, call in right now to win a, a free album and I called in and, and I got through and was like yeah you're calling number one like, it was like oh a small market radio I love this and I, I was a big fan of the station it was very free form KCPR got very uh, not commercialized really but they got very formatted at one point but when I first started listening it was a very free format station it is now again I'm told uh, and I just really enjoyed that and I liked the freedom of it and uh, my sophomore year I studied and I took the FCC test I don't even know if you need to do that anymore but back then you did and I got on the air and I started midnight to three in the morning doing the Weird Al show speaking of your hours which were quite unconventional I actually have a quote from your former program director at KCPR Brian Hackney he had this to say about you quote That man, even when he was just 20, had more energy. If you could have hooked up electrodes to him and sent it 14 miles away to the Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant, you could have lit up the central coast, end quote. As an architecture major at Cal Poly, you pulled many all-nighters studying and doing projects, but still found the energy to put on the Weird Al show, Saturday nights from 9 p.m. to 12 a.m., How did college radio motivate you to find that power within yourself each week? How did you do it? Well, it was just my my joy during the week. I mean, as an architecture major, they called it architorture at the school because it was a very <laughs> difficult major, and, and most most of the uh, students didn't sleep much. But I made the time because those three hours a week on the air were my happy place. That was when I got to forget everything else and just have a good time. And it was such you know it was stress relief, and and that was really what got me thinking. Like, why am I spending my life learning how to do something that? doesn't make me happy when these three hours a week being Weird Al make me happy. So it, it really was was like my, my oasis in the middle of a very difficult week to just have fun. I definitely resonate with um, it's like your safe haven, essentially being behind that microphone and just doing your radio show and, you know, just doing something you, you love so much and being on the radio in a college radio station. It is a learning experience, as I mentioned earlier. And the motto for Cal Poly was actually learn by doing. And that sentiment rings true for college radio and 
could be the most important aspect for the students who are trying to gain real experience in a semi-professional environment. So how did your experience at KCPR inform the way you approach new things today? Well, it, it just encouraged me to, to, to try things out. I mean, I think I grew a lot. I, what you said before is very true. I mean, I, I developed, you know, a lot of my personality in, in college radio. If you, if you listen to like my first air checks compared to when I was, you know, kicked off the air, uh, there's a, a quite a bit of improvement there. And I mean, having said that, even, even those later sound checks are not great. I mean, I have much better memories than what the reality is. I heard some air checks not too long ago and I thought, yeah, not that good. <laughs> but at the time, I thought at the time I was very confident that, oh, man, I'm really killing it. Uh, but no, it just, it just my experience just taught me, you know, that you can, you know, improve yourself, learn new things and and be experimental. I mean, you know, back then, college uh, radio was all about, you know, just being experimental and tr trying different things out and seeing what works. Some things do and some things don't. But that's all part of the process. Is it true that you started every show with You Light Up My Life by Debbie Boone right before cutting to B-52's Rock? Uh, not every show, but that was that was kind of a common trope. I, w I would uh, start the show with some very, you know, soft rock, put you to sleep kind of music and play about 30 seconds of it and then scratch off the, <laughs> the record and go into some like new wave song to wake people up. Well, you gotta at that time. Of course, you didn't seem to have any issues. But it's no secret that you became Weird Al at Cal Poly. You even recorded your first single, My Bologna, in Studio 229 of the Graphic Arts Building, also known as the Men's Bathroom. And the Weird Al Show was a radio program at KCPR before it was ever on TV. Looking back at all of that, what does it mean to you now to be an ambassador for college radio? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it official? Am I officially an ambassador? We're calling it right here, right now. Now you are. Well, I'm obviously very honored. Uh, uh, college radio meant a lot to me at the time, and, and it still does. And I, I try to be supportive uh, however and whenever I can. And, and the fact that I'm now an official ambassador uh, it means that, yes, I will salute you, sir. It means the world to me. That's awesome. Especially, you know, it's almost coming back to your roots with college radio and now you're an ambassador so that must be such an overwhelming feeling <laughs> what, kind, what kind of perks do i get as an ambassador do i get like a a free lunch at the dining hall or how does, <laughs> how, what, how does that work we all have to use the porta potties outside but you get access to the private faculty restrooms and parking yeah, okay parking. good good to know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you said college radio is you know experimenting what works for you what doesn't work for you and some things you know go well some things don't that's what it's all about right uh -huh. and college radio uh, students are almost encouraged to make errors because it's a safe environment and then they learn their skills there to bring with them into the wor real world and over at kcpr you were almost infamous for breaking the format which unfortunately led to your removal from the station now what advice would you give to young disc jockeys today who are trying to develop and create their own identities in a world full of rules and FCC guidelines? Uh, well, it depends how far you're willing to go. I mean, you know, if, if you're looking at uh, your job as a just jockey, disc jockey is your livelihood, you may not want to risk getting fired. So I don't know what kind of advice to give here. I mean, if you're, if you're a student at a, at a college radio station, uh, I, I think you probably have more leeway to uh, to push a few boundaries and push the envelope and maybe see what you can get away with within the uh, confines of, of taste, I suppose. But, you know, I, I, th I think if you're, you know, doing it for a living, you have to also live in the real world and understand that management may not like you. <laughs> Doing a few things. 
College radio has been the foundation of many artists' careers over the decades, but a lot has changed since the late 70s. Instead of playing the B-52s and Talking Heads, we now play Phoebe Bridgers and St. Vincent. Instead of record players, we now have automation systems. And saddest of all, instead of radio, there is... In a time when music discovery has become so much more instant and accessible, why do you think college radio still matters? Why do I matter? Why do we matter? Well, you know, college radio stations are, they're not homogenous. I mean, they're, they're very different. So it's hard for me to say, you know, uh, make any kind of, you know, blanket claim about college radio. But in general, I think that they're still fairly free form and it's, it's a place where you can try things out. I mean, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, I, I kind of miss the old days of turntables at college radio stations because uh, one of my favorite things to do is to start playing a record and then take it out of gear and then keep keep playing it with my finger and see if people could, t- <laughs> could tell if there's anything wrong with the speed because it would get a little faster and a little slower and just kind of pl- playing with people's minds. So that's, that's the kind of thing you really can't do on commercial radio. There's there are a few things that you can get away with in college that you can't if you know uh, if you're on terrestrial radio you know and getting paid for it. So it's it's a place to have fun. It's a place to learn and it's a place to just try things out. And that's that's why I think college radio continues to be very important. At the very least, these days our program directors aren't making us play the Lemon Pipers or Green Tambourine. Good, good. So there's improvements happening. Yep, I can say we've come a long way. In a good way, yes. <laughs> in a great way, I might argue. Yes, in a great way. In a fantastic way. way, I might even say. Good, good. I think Jared and I are both very curious for this question. What would be your perfect playlist as a college radio DJ in the 70s? Lemon Pipers and Green Tamarine? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wish I had a playlist in front of me to pull up and show you, but back in the late 70s, uh, I was very into any kind of power pop or new wave. My favorite groups were people like, you know, Oingo Boingo and B-52s and, and Devo and Talking Heads and things like that. And, and then just, you know, Dr. Demento favorites, just, you know, just anything that would like kind of wake you up or or uh or confuse you i, I liked uh, subverting people's expectations as in doing like jarring segues you know going from something very mellow to something like extremely you know aggro and in your face yeah. so I, I i try to do anything that just kind of like shocked people you know without being gross or graphic but just just kind of like knock them out of their complacency and and forcing them to listen yeah keeping them on, on their toes while listening to your program right I'd like to take a moment to dive down into the vault of old college memories. This ought to be a throwback. Okay. Who were the Valencia All-Stars? Uh, that that was just me and my friend Joel Miller, who I'm still friends with to this day. And he lived in an off-campus apartment complex called Valencia. Actually, we both did. We, so we were, we were never roommates. That probably would have ended poorly. But he lived literally right next door. And our band was just the two of us. I played the accordion. He played the bongos. And uh, we called ourselves the Valencia All-Stars. And I think we played two gigs. I don't know. We played a a couple uh, gigs at the local uh, campus coffee house. That's pretty much it. And, you know, we went on stage and did our stupid music. And and people actually liked it, which was, you know, probably the first live performances I I ever did in front of an audience. And uh, I I got enough enough, uh, positive reinforcement to keep going, obviously. Yeah, I mean, performing live, definitely being on the radio must have like kind of 
prepared you to perform in front of a live audience. Um, one last question before we let you go. What is one piece of advice your current self would give to your former self just getting started in the college radio? Uh, I, I would say wait until uh, Apple, Pixar, and Google are offered publicly and then buy <laughs> as much stock as you can. <laughs> Uh, and then use that to build a radio empire and and uh, rule it with an iron fist. <laughs> Wonderful words to live by. I think everybody should definitely. I'm gonna get it tattooed on my that. face. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be good luck. Where here, there, or you know what? Just all over. I, I think spread it out. Right. We don't want to put all our eggs in one basket. Maybe a letter on my toe, one on my pinky. Yeah, that'd work. Well, Al, thank you so much for speaking with us today. We really appreciate it. This was really a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. Such a great time talking to you. And for those listening at home, happy World College Radio Day. And remember, college radio is resilient radio. UTARadio.com Hey, it's Natty Mircheck from UTARadio.com. And World College Radio Day is bouncing back. From the we are strong like bull. What comes up must come down. Then back up, baby. We'll be right back with our special program for World College Radio Day 2021. Welcome back. This is World College Radio Day 2021. Born in Boston, Massachusetts, Miles Kennedy grew up and lives in Spokane, Washington. A multi-talented singer, songwriter, and guitarist, Miles Kennedy is best known as the frontman and rhythm guitarist for hard rock post-grunge outfit Alter Bridge, and for his myriad collaborations with six-string legend Slash from the band Guns N' Roses. He's released six albums with Alter Bridge, including 2004's gold-selling One Day Remains, and after appearing on Slash's 2010 debut, he officially joined the Guns N' Roses guitarist backing band who released their debut LP, 2012's Apocalyptic Love, under the moniker Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Kennedy issued his first solo effort, the bluesy concept LP Year of the Tiger, in 2018, followed by the inward-looking Ides of March in 2021. WMSC's Chris Annunziata and Charlie Filatico talked with Miles Kennedy. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. So many uh, projects going on, you know, Alter Bridge, you're working with Slash, and now you have the solo record. How do you keep everything separate? How do you get a unique sound for every project you do? How do you approach writing? Well, it's pretty easy between Alter Bridge and Slash because one is more of a melodic guitar riff-oriented a lot of those riffs, or I like to refer to them as metallic. Whereas with with Slash and the Conspirators, that's definitely more blues based. That they're very different in that respect. The process is different for how we write. With the solo thing, I'm kind of left to my own devices, so I can kind of do whatever. But what was interesting for me on this batch of songs was realizing that since so much of it was blues based and what I do with Slash Conspirators is blues based, I had to be aware of that, you know, and and knowing that um, as a guitar player, that's kind of where I come from, though I can do the metal thing. My I don't want to say my first love, but what I spend a lot of time doing just noodling around the house is playing blues. I just I love it. So that's the trick there is to make sure you're not crossing you know, crossing too far into that territory. And uh, college radio, very important to us. College radio is the foundation of many artists' careers. And in a time where there are several other services and ways of discovering music, 
Uh, why do you think college radio still matters? I, you know, I think that um, just going back to when I was in, going to school and in, in college and we had a few stations here in town that um, were very important for me. Interestingly enough, it was where I really became a fan of, of jazz. I mean, I remember uh, KEW, it's, it's, and I believe it's still, it's still on the airwaves. And I remember driving around and I listened to that station. And I remember the first time I heard Miles Davis kind of blue, you know, that record, I was just like practically pulled the car over and Coltrane and, and all of that. I just didn't, hadn't been exposed to a lot of that. So you know, the beauty of college radio is it's not about ratings and it's about keeping your advertisers. It's about something pure. And, and that's something that that I think is really important. And then on the on the flip side, we had stations that were exposing us to whole new subgenres of, of rock when everything when everything was hard rock and kind of what was happening in the late eighties, early nineties. But there was this station that would play these new bands. Like there was this band called Jane's addiction. I was like, what is that? You know, that's, that's dangerous. And that's really cool. And they weren't playing it on the regular radio stations here and faith no more. And, and then obviously the whole grunge thing took off. And a lot of those stations were playing that prior to it being mainstream. And so it was just a great way to discover music, especially if you're a music geek. Well, Miles, thank you so much for doing this and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Appreciate your time, guys. Thanks for having me on. And now, an Australian singer-songwriter legend, Andrew Ferris. While the name Andrew Ferris resonates in industry circles, alongside his band In Excess and the many hits he wrote while they topped the charts around the world, he's rightfully considered one of the country's most prolific songwriters. Having written, produced, and performed music for acts such as Tom Jones, Tanya Kernahan, and Jenny Morris. Andrew has spent the past two and a half decades living on the land, on a functioning cattle and grain farm in northwest New South Wales. There's something about the storytelling style in this musical genre that suits his sensibilities, and that much is evident in the way his debut release, Come Midnight, resonated with audiences. WMSC's Ben Petrick talked with the NXS legend. My name is Ben Petrick and I'm joined via Zoom with Mr. Andrew Ferris. He has released his self-titled album and I'm here alongside with Mr. Ferris. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, Ben. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Today's country music and primarily the most popular ones to say, they have a lot of pop music into it, a little bit of uh, rock and roll, but you brought everything together in a way that you even brought back the old outlaw. Yeah, well, yeah, it's you know, it's it's funny that you should say this because I think some of the people who I was working with and recording with, and they're like, "What's with the outlaw stuff?" And look, don't get me wrong, I I love a lot of modern country music. It's awesome. Okay, I you know, but I knew that when I set on this journey, it was that horse riding trip. I suddenly went. I think people would really enjoy this is to revisit the old West and this outlaw thing. And I remember as a teenager, when I first heard like Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson and, you know, Johnny Cash and all these other people, I just thought that was just the duck's guts. These guys were so good, you know, and and I like the gritty nature of the lyrics and you're never quite sure whether they're good guys or bad guys as you're listening to it. You know, I like that frontier spirit thing. That's what I got from that horse riding trip was, 
like you and I are talking on technology now, right? It, it's like the frontiers, like the, you know, the, in the old West were still physical frontiers. You could get on a horse and ride off into a mountain range and then you could just be whoever you wanted to be. You could change your name. If you'd been up to, you know, you weren't a good person, you could change your life. You could become a good person. And then you, you hope that, you know, everything would settle down. You'd be fine again. But today's boundaries are all technical. You know, they're, they're technology driven. We live in an era. So I thought I'd not so much be nostalgic, but I'd try to to bring, like you said, all these ideas into, into one thing. How has college radio been able to help you and like throughout all this has college radio helped you when you were younger helped you absolutely well ben college radio has helped me right now as we're talking to each other so i appreciate it. i really do and i and in the old days within excess when we were you know we first went to the united states um i would have been about 23 22 23 or something years of age and right from the get-go, college radio in the U.S. always liked In Excess, and they always promoted our music. And I'm very grateful for that. I really, really appreciated that. We we did it as a band. The other thing that was back then was MTV, you know, when, when it really was all about music. That was another huge thing for In Excess was that we as young Australians would turn up in the U.S. and we'd go to a town and people would actually know our music because of college radio and they'd know us because of MTV. They knew who we were and what we were, why we were there, what we were doing. They've led me, us now to talking to each other, you know? Thank you. Thank you so much. I want to personally thank you on behalf of all the college radio stations across the world. Man, it's been great talking to you and Annabella and Ben. Here's something for you, okay? Keep your eyes fixed where the trail meets the sky. Bon chance, as the French say. Safe travels, you guys, and stay healthy, all right? When I saw that Cajun girl, she looked like Southern Comfort. Joe Duplantier is a French-American musician, record producer, and environmental activist. Best known as the rhythm guitarist, vocalist, and lyricist of metal band Gojira. Taking their name from the original Japanese pronunciation of Godzilla, French is a heavy metal quartet, Gojira, that have risen from the utmost obscurity during the first half of their career to widespread global recognition in the second. Combining elements of thrash, death, math, groove, progressive, and post-metal with philosophical and environment-themed lyrics, the band found mainstream flavor in 2012 with the release of their fifth long player, L'Enfant Sauvage, and doubled down on that success with 2016's Grammy-nominated Magma and 2021's hard-hitting and versatile Fortitude. This is your host, Chris. With me, I have Charlie Filatico, my co-host. What's up, man? How you doing? How are you? I'm pretty good, good, man. Because we are here with Joe Duplantier, the frontman of Gojira. What's up, man? How you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Thank you for having me. Where are you calling in from right now? From France. Oh, nice. Uh, so did you move out there again? Because I remember you, you moved back to Brooklyn, right? I am a resident of Brooklyn for the last 10 years. Still have my studio, my apartment, my life there. Yeah, I was visiting my dad, basically. And um, and the, the whole, you know, thing went down and, you know, planes were grounded. I, I wasn't able to go. I had a bunch of stuff to do. Uh, I had to go to Florida to mix the album with Andy Wallace. And I decided to stay to stick around and be close to my dad. You know what? So what was originally a, a you know a small vacation turned turned out to be a whole year. 
Yeah, I was going to ask, uh, your last album was 2016's Magma, and I wanted to know how long was this current album been in the works? You know, is it something new or has it been being worked on for a while? For a while, you know, we started to write in, t- in 2018. We were ready to record in 2019, March. We started the, the recording. It took us a year because we had, you know, shows going on. We played uh, uh, a few festivals and a few things here and there, but it was a little calmer than the first two years after Magma was dropped. Basically for two years, we were on the road and we took a year to, to, to write, uh, a year to record but with playing shows here and there sometimes. And then we're ready to drop it, but then we, we had to postpone it because it was completely, it would have been a disaster to release it at the beginning of the pandemic, you know what I mean? Like, even though we wanted to share that album as soon as it was ready, and we were very, very excited, and we lived with these songs for so long that we're really ready to pop. But uh, it was the wise, it was a wise thing to do to wait a little because we're not going to go back on the road, obviously. So it turned so for four years turned into five years. Well, at least we got the album now, Fortitude. And this album, Mario talked about for anyone who doesn't know, that's the drummer. Mario talked about the album being listened to as like one whole song, it's like one piece of art. Is that something that you guys planned on doing, or did that happen like organically? It's just what we do. We make albums. Um, we're not, you know, we're not making songs just, you know, oh, this is us in a song. If you want to know who we are, you have to, to listen to the whole album because we have so much to say. We have different influences. We have different needs. Um, uh, we love to, uh, you know, melt faces, but we also <laughs> <laughs> we also uh, uh, love to to inspire people very softly into, you know, other dimensions and stuff like that. I mean, these are big words, but that's what motivates us to, to, to play music in the first place. And we have so many different uh, influences and, and things that we want to achieve. So really it takes an album to, you know, to be like, okay, this is what we do. We present that, you know, versus, Oh, that one song or that one song. So yeah, we love albums. An album is uh, is a trip. Um, I love to listen to an, an entire album. You know, you you stay long enough with the artist to get really something. I like the good old days when you know you you open a you know a CD or a vinyl and you you know you read the lyrics and look at the pictures and you put your thing on the turntable and you pre. You know, there's another approach to it, more organic, more almost like more uh, uh, physical in a way. Um, now it's it's all in the cloud it's it's weird man you can zap you know if you if you don't if you don't like it right away you're gonna switch to another artist immediately when you bought something you have to make an effort so it's 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 a commitment to to buy an object like that it takes space in your room you get you know you got to store it somewhere and you you have to make an effort to appreciate it because you invested money in it so you want something in return so there's a there's a whole process that suddenly completely vanished and uh of, of course because i was raised like that i'm, I'm a bit nostalgic of, of that but you know whatever the, 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 there's a shift happening the world is evolving it's it's good to be uh, to stay on top of you know to surf the wave versus you know just being like oh, grumpy and stay behind yeah, I, I wanted to ask uh, if you had any opinion of why you think there's such like a, this resurgence of the vinyl medium. You know, you don't see people running out to get cassette tapes or anything, but it seems like vinyls are this new hot thing. Yeah, you know, I don't know why, but I think it's great. Uh, maybe the reason why is because um, just like in, in music production, 
we went uh, straight to computers and nowadays people tend to go back to recording uh, on a tape with a real console. For a few years, bands were like, what? Recording studios? We don't need them. We can do an album with a laptop in our bedroom, you know? It's the, the, it's the same uh, thing that happens. It's the relationship to the activity, to the, to the instrument. When you, when you go in a recording studio, you have the experience of the people there. There's uh, real gear. It takes more time and money, but the result is, is really different for so many, so many reasons. People, it took maybe 10 years for people to realize that. So now recording studios are getting booked again. For anyone tuning in right now, we're here with Joe of Gojira. College radio is very important to us. And now in a day where you can find music on any different platform, you know, you can discover music in so many ways. How has college radio impacted Gojira? Uh, you know, we did a bunch of uh, college radio interviews uh, on our first tours in the in the new. I, I, th I think it's a it's a it's an American thing more than, you know, it, it seems more present this culture of the radio in America than in, in France, for example, you know, but they were more underground they're very different from one another. And it seems like you guys have a, like it's, it's almost like a tradition or there's a certain format to it. You can find a lot of freedom there, new, a fresh look on things. You can expect more to have surprises and to discover more artists and have killer interviews like this one, I think. <laughs> Am I right? No, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you get to play as much as you want. You know, typically on radio, you're not allowed to play the, like the 10 minute songs, you know, they kind of want to cut them down to like the three, four minute mark. But on right. radio, we get to play like the beat between the bear to me, which is like a 17 minute long track. You know, they have that. Exactly. We, get, we get to do these things that you can't really do on commercial radio. So that's why it's really important to me and, you know, expressing the music that we love with everyone. Absolutely. I, I would add that it's, it's, it is important, not just to you, to, to everybody. And then, then now that you explain that, uh, I understand even better. It's true. I think that's great. It's precious. Congrats, guys. Congrats. Joe, it was a pleasure talking to you again. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Born in Scottsdale, Arizona, raised in Fallbrook, California, and now currently residing in Nashville, Tennessee, Electra Mustaine is a rising pop singer-songwriter and daughter of legendary Megadeth frontman Dave Mustaine. She released her first two singles in 2021. The first single, Evergreen, was a song about finding her own way, even if it does not live up to everyone's expectations. This was followed up by second single, Society Talks, a track that mocks societal rules and norms that bar creative freedoms. WMSC's Jared Tauber talked with Electra. I'm sitting down with singer-songwriter Electra Mustaine. Electra is no stranger to stages, though. She has been working on music for years and has delved into a bit of country music in her hometown of Nashville, and prior to that, stage acting. She also rocked the world stages with her dad, legendary frontman of Megadeth, Dave Mustaine. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. So I've listened to the song a bunch. I love Evergreen. And um, on, I think, maybe the second or third listen in, some of the lyrics started finally uh, making themselves clear to me. Um, one in particular stood out, of course, in the chorus, running to be seen as evergreen. What does being evergreen mean to you? Well, I mean, on the surface, like at face value, evergreen, the, this song in general is about, you know, learning to be your own person. But deeper from my particular experience, there's been a lot of people in my life that, and I think in a lot of people's life as well, that uh, like to tell you, 
what they think you should be when you grow up or, or who you should be now as a young adult for me. And I personally had my own methods for getting to where I want to go and pursuing this dream. And a lot of people probably didn't think that was the way I should go about it. So writing Evergreen for me is I, I do want to be perceived as prosperous in the end and, and be successful, whatever that might mean to each individual. But for me, that success would be finishing well in life. And, and that is what Evergreen means to me. Tell me a little bit how the song came together because uh, the beat goes crazy. It's high energy. <laughs> and that's that's exactly what I like to hear in my music. But how, how did you go about constructing this? Um, we actually went up to Canada and started just lyrics piano I had like an idea come to me when I was at home and we decided uh to hit the road and and head over to my songwriter's house for a few days to work on some songs and (laughs) we took the concept and we wrote it on piano and then this became my problem child if I'm honest (laughs) figuring Mm -hmm. out the production was several different people because I definitely had a a vision in mind and um COVID hit my dad got cancer so it's actually been a long time coming for this to get finished, but luckily we came across Briar, who's a really cool up and coming producer in LA and he just hit the spot. So I'm really, really thankful for that. A lot of your lyrical content alludes to the idea of identity and uh, individualism, self-realization. Now you had released a country single called Life is Good in 2016, followed by a cover of Megadeth's I Thought I Knew It All, but you never fully went country despite living near Music City and loving the genre. Do you think it is tough to break the mold or expectations that people may have of you? Oh, absolutely. That's been (laughs) a lot of my life's existence so far, but For me, um, even when I was making country songs, I I really respect the genre, but I'm from California. And even though, you know, the people I went to high school with did wear cowboy hats and jeans and boots, surprisingly enough, I still grew up in this like weird dual world. Like it was rock stars, kid meets small town girl. And I've I've traveled a lot. I've seen so much, but the thing I could never get past with country for me, at least was um, I felt like there wasn't as much freedom of what you could say or express um, in your music as, as pop has. And, you know, as you can tell, identity is a really um, big thing for me in life. And so I wanted to express that freely, whatever, whatever that seems to be down the road, you know? For those listening in now, I'm talking to pop artist Electra Mustaine. Her debut single, Evergreen, is out now. Now, Electra, I'd like to talk about, in relation to college radio, because, uh, you know, that's what this is all about. College radio is its own beast. It's its own monster. And it's the foundation of many artists' careers. And uh, why do you think college radio still matters? Why do I matter uh- to you? Why why do you matter? You do matter. College radio to me is like it's a community for, you know, a very large group of people. But we're all we're all kind of in this together. Like this is our era necessarily. And I'm I'm 23, but you guys I'm not in college. I didn't get to go to college, but uh, mad respect for it. And uh, I just think, (laughs) yeah, it's something really cool that you guys can all uh, join in on together and have that sense of community, especially like this year. This last year has been no community, which really sucks. But um, yeah, it's like we, we all can, you know, 
have something in common, listen to the same songs, um, vibe on the same track that you guys are playing and, um, kind of get like on the same page in life. And, and as young people, you know, I think that college radio is a really great way to do that. Well, if you had a college radio show, what would you call it? And what could we expect to hear on it? It's probably copyright, but the Electra Mustaine experience. <laughs> I'm a big Joe Rogan fan, probably. So I don't know. Some some weird, weird stuff that people probably shouldn't talk about is probably what would be on on my radio station. <laughs> oh, we're get, get, getting into controversy. Some, no, not controversy. Just things that are like. You're going to become a Twitter know, moment. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk now. We'll talk about aliens and dinosaurs and Elon Musk, right? Yeah, we'll talk about Elon Musk hosting <laughs> Saturday Night Live for some reason. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like getting into really deep conversations that, you know, some people don't really want to talk about, which which I, I like pop music for that reason. And rock, we all kind of can express things that go against the grain or whatnot. Yeah, the topics people don't want to talk about, like the fact that hot dogs are sandwiches and cereal is soup. That's exactly what I would say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, if, but if college radio, all of us unite a couple of times a year, if we could play one song for you, what, what would it be? What do you want to hear from us? Ooh, can you play? Can you play Rollover DJ by Jet? Let's see. Survey says, uh, I believe we can. I believe we can. And in fact, we will play Rollover DJ. Yes. Nice. <laughs> that's Charlie. a good one. Yeah, I, uh, that's, I love that song. That, that, uh, that's something that took me back to childhood. Like My dad never really drove me to school as a kid, but when he did, he had that album in his car, and we would like go over music theory and philo- <laughs> like philosophy. Um, listening to that that album really like a cool moment so that's a good one thank you so much for sitting down with me it's been such a pleasure talking to you and when the apocalypse ends hopefully we get to catch you on tour I'll be the first one there for WMSC and the College Radio News Network I am Jared Tauber This year, we are delighted to announce that World College Radio Day 2021 is being recognized by UNESCO, the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, and also ComEd, the World Confederation of Education. The total stations ever registered in WCRD history, 1,063 stations in 57 countries over the last decade. World College Radio Day continues to be the biggest college radio event in the world. The College Radio Foundation is grateful for the following organizations who have generously donated to the College Radio Fund and are official supporters for this event. Broadcasters General Store, Button Punks, College Broadcasters Incorporated, Comrax, Emissions Analytics, Geelong and Melbourne Student Media, Jager Lumber, Hindenburg Systems, official gold supporter, Live 365, official gold supporter, RCS Sound Software, Spinatron, official gold supporter, UTA Radio, WinOMT Software, Vero True Social, official gold supporter. For more information about the College Radio Foundation and World College Radio Day, please visit collegeradio.org.
You are listening to World College Radio Day 2021. This is Uncle Floyd. And I'm Moogie. No, you're not you're not supposed to do this. I I have to do it because I I love I love college. Just shut up. This is Uncle Floyd. Happy World College Radio Day. <laughs> what do you want to say, Oogie? <laughs> we'll be right back with our special program for World College Radio Day 2021. Hi, this is Casey. Hey, this is Cody. Hi, this is Jim. And you're listening to 90.7 The Music FM. Batavia, New York. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. Aren't we supposed to have fun? That broadcast school has really paid off. (laughs) (laughs) This broadcast is brought to you by WGCC Radio and Vintage Batavia. Located in the historic Harvester Building, Vintage is a family-run store specializing in vintage items. Inventory is constantly changing, and you never know what you might find. More information is available on Facebook by searching Vintage Batavia or by email at VintageBatavia at Yahoo.com. 90.7 FM is on Campus Radio. Celebrating 35 years on the air. We are WGCCFM Batavia. 90.7 is Music Radio. Why choose GCC? Affordable classes on campus and online. GCC offers 60-plus academic programs, and SUNY degrees are transferable, too. Student housing is available while you build a career that will take you anywhere. Check out GCC's drive through Open House on Saturday, October 16th from 10 to 1230. Register online at genesee.edu slash visit. Your time is now. Mr. Booze. You've seen how Peter Griffin drives. Don't be Peter Griffin. Don't drink and drive. That spells booze. Don't mess around with Mr. Booze. This public service announcement is made possible by WGCC. This broadcast is made possible by WGCC Radio and Trillium Health. Did you know that Trillium Health offers free, confidential testing for HIV and STDs? We can mail free testing kits to anyone living in New York. Call 585-210-4275 or visit trilliumhealth.org slash home testing and apply today. Hey, this is Weird Al Yankovic, ambassador for College Radio Day, wishing you a completely insagrevious World College Radio Day. Hi, this is Danny Council from the Student Radio Association in the UK, wishing you a very happy World College Radio Day. Bon dia, sejam bem-vindos ao World College Radio Day. Greetings from Sweden. This is Eva Gustafsson from K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. It's Eden McLachlan from K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. Happy World College Radio Day. Hi, I'm Eva Luz from the Spanish Association of College Radio, and I hope you all are ready to 
Good World College Radio Day. Hola, soy Eva Luz de la Asociación de Radios Universitarias de España y os saludo a todos deseándoos un fantástico día mundial de la radio universitaria. Hello everybody, my name is Ezequiel Mateo Martinich from Conexión Abierta, the radio station of Universidad Abierta Interamericana in Argentina. Thank you for joining us on the World College Radio Day. Hola, ¿cómo están todos? Mi nombre es Ezequiel Mateo Martinich de Conexión Abierta, la radio universitaria de la Universidad Abierta Interamericana. Gracias por compartir con nosotros el World College Radio Day. Hi guys, I'm Diana from Raduni, the Italian Association of University Media and Operators, and happy World College Radio Day to everyone. Ciao a tutti, io sono Diana di Raduni, l'associazione italiana dei media e degli operatori universitari. Auguro a tutti un buon World College Radio Day. Welcome back to the 11th annual World College Radio Day. My name is Len O'Kelly, and I'm the faculty advisor for WCKS and WLSX Radio at Grand Valley State University in Allendale, Michigan. We're proud to continue with Part 2, or Side B, of this year's World College Radio Day special programming. You're listening to World College Radio Day. Lance Leguez is faculty advisor for UTA Radio at the University of Texas at Arlington and a member of the College Radio Day Task Force. Lance talked with Sidney Ho, station manager at Aggie Radio at Utah State University, about how they kept going through the pandemic over the last year. 2020 was a challenging year, to say the least, for many industries. It's Sidney Ho with Aggie Radio at Utah State University She's the station manager there. Sydney, thank you for joining us here on College Radio Day. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. So take me back a little bit to 2020. And for us at my station, we got to March and we were getting ready for spring break. And then they said, don't come back mm -hmm. uh, because of the, the coronavirus. Uh, was that the same for you? With the station, it was for us, our team of directors was the only people that were able to get together and we did everything over Zoom. Like our offices still stayed closed throughout the year and we were just, we weren't seeing each other in person, but through like Zoom and different one-on-one -on -one things, we were still able to get things done. We weren't able to have as many students. Our DJs were definitely the biggest group that um, within us that maintained being able to do things because they could still, we, we were able to have them like record shows at home and just send them to our programming person to put on the air, those that couldn't come up to campus. And then we were able to have the limited number of people in there. And like with events, College Radio Day was one of the first ones that we were even able to get approved to have anything for. So events were definitely a struggle, but a couple of them were able to happen throughout the year. Any frustrations that, uh, that arose over the last year? Because we did have to do some things differently. We couldn't do what we wanted to do. Did you or anyone on your staff just kind of find yourself at some moments going, this sucks? Oh, all the time. <laughs> um, there were, especially because I, so I was, I was the event director. So like the biggest part of my job was taken away. There was like an event approval process. So every time we wanted to throw something on campus, we would write this big report about all of the ways we were going to keep students safe. And then it was a lot of, uh, it was, I spent a good many months just writing these reports and turning them in and having the safety committee be like, no, you need to change this. And then trying to make those changes and submit new things until something was 
was able to get approved to have any kind of event. And it was kind of making those changes to um, make your event safer while also hoping that the pandemic would eventually be resolved to some sort so that things like the like restrictions wouldn't be as serious. And it was also so hard as a team because we weren't able to connect in ways that we have in years past. We didn't work together as much of a group as I think that we could have if we had been able to do the retreats that we usually do and get together for our meetings. All of the events that we do together where we bond and are able to be that kind of team that does all of the things that we like to do in a year. So yeah, it was was really hard. So our theme for World College Radio Day this year is college radio is resilient radio. So just hearing that, what does that make you think of when we say resiliency? Resiliency to me is probably just pushing through like the struggles and the things that are coming our way, still being able to achieve something and feel good about that. With the year, the one that we've had with COVID, resiliency is being able to still do our jobs in that time because it's hard. It's harder and it takes a lot more from us to do them. So being able to still do that is is very important. So a little bit about College Radio Day. We do appreciate uh, you joining us. What is it about World College Radio Day that you guys enjoy participating Yeah, I love College Radio Day. When I was a transfer student to USU from a smaller college, and when I came up here, College Radio was where I found my home on campus. Like, they were the people that I felt the the most comfortable with, that had the same interests and wanted to do the same things that I wanted to do. And I love being able to celebrate that because it was that home for me, so I want to create events and things like that where students also feel at home. And I love being able to celebrate that on the same day as everyone else. It's just so uniting to be in that thing at the same time. Thank you. Well said. Thank you so much. (laughs) This is World College Radio Day 2021. Hi, this is Chris from the band Coldplay. College radio supports music that deserves to be heard, music that isn't played anywhere else. College radio is the future for broadcasting stars and pioneers of tomorrow. And we as a band, Coldplay, support the vital mission of College Radio, and we also support College Radio Day, the day that College Radio comes together. Enjoy today and long live College Radio. The Wolf have been featured on Billboard, KCRW, Spotify's Viral 50, New Music Friday, Apple's Best of the Week, and also topped the Hype Machine charts. HuffPost called Dana and the Wolf the rebellious and fearless leaders that we have been waiting for. They are signed to the Vero Music Label. WMSC's Jared Tauber talked with Dana and Daniel from the band. My name is Jared Tauber, a.k.a. DJ Dr. DJ. Today, I'm joined with Dana Hobson and Daniel Wolf of Chicago-born duo Dana and the Wolf. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for having us. <laughs> Before we get into the new stuff, I want to talk about your song, Attitude. Oh, my God. I love some good bass and the whole track oozes with groove and swagger. Like, this is the kind of song emo Peter Parker would strut to in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. <laughs> Uh, I actually love that, that <laughs> image. Oh my god. Those are some of my favorite movies. <laughs> after, after having known each other for 15 years now, uh, who can you confidently say has the most attitude between the both of you? Ooh. Ooh, that's really hard. I don't know. I have like more goofy attitude. 
where I think Daniel has like the serious kind of attitude. Yes. Like when it's like I have abusive be, attitude. You know, no, abusive attitude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say it's pretty 50-50 with us. All right. You know, you know what? Hey, same page. That's what that's what makes this all work, isn't yeah. it? So yeah. an equal amount of attitude. Actually, I'm gonna say inst- instead of 50%. For each side, I'm going to say you both have 100% attitude. That's 200% between Dana and Daniel. I also think the video is hilarious. Like, I lost it when everyone in the office got into the meditative mantra. It, it, it was kind of awkward on one part of it because I was actually using my, like, where I actually worked. Um, oh, and uh, yeah, so like I had to get like approval from my actual boss to use her. The account. boss. Yeah. So it was, it was funny. I mean, I told her obviously that it wasn't about her at all. Like it was, you know, about Daniel's boss and, you know, of course there are things that might cross over at times, but yes, the record is it was not about her and thank you for letting us use your space. (laughs) The the official record. I got you. Wink, wink, nudge, (laughs) nudge. So I have to ask, uh, how tired are y'all of discussing non-monogamy? Oh my gosh. It's so funny you say that because we, so, you know, we just, we went on TikTok a few weeks ago and we're like, we, we, we've been on it like for a while, but we've tried little things here and there and nothing was working. And then we randomly brought up non-monogamy. Um, Cause it was just like one of those days where it was on our mind and like, you know, we're, we have a lot of friends that are in relationships that are always having tons of problems and they're monogamous. And we, you know, we always say, well, you know, you, know, you can try what we're doing because it's working pretty well for us. But mm. yeah, so I brought it up on TikTok and it got like, I think it has like 130K. Yeah, something crazy like that. Yeah. And so after that, we if we tried talking about anything else, it would go nowhere. So now we're stuck <laughs> with non-monogamy conversations. <laughs> that, so. that, Forgive me, but I'm about to, I'm about to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, by all means. (laughs) It's going to happen. All right. You put this on yourself. We did. (laughs) You first became vocal about your non-monogamous relationship in your 2018 single, Got Me Polly, which has since become a defining trait of Dana and the Wolf. So how do the pressures that come with being so vocal about a counterculture topic like this affect your creative process? Well, Dana was just in a a long, a relatively long relationship with with somebody and she would come home to me and tell me about it. I mean, as much as that was appropriate that that the other guy was okay with me hearing about it. Right. Um, But she would tell me all about it and she was going through a lot of just ups and downs a ton of ups yes, and downs a lot of downs <laughs> and um a lot of ups too but uh but i would fuel that into my writing and so i i you know i would i would channel that and then i would use my experiences too but i i never experienced anything as intense as dana did with uh another partner yeah but um yeah like yeah. the song that's two lovers is about this relationship and one of the questions in it is asking, is it possible to love more than one person at a time? And It's Too Late kind of explored that as well, because It's Too Late was Daniel's uh, perspective. And he felt kind of that you couldn't really love another person when you have so much love for someone else you know, in your heart. And I experienced the opposite of that, uh, that you know, I could actually be very interested in two different people. And um, it doesn't really take from either of them. It was a, it was an early experience for me. So I wasn't 
it felt like I couldn't love another person. <laughs> it's just hard to find someone that's better than Dana. That's, that's <laughs> which is a, a beautiful sentiment in every facet, uh, which sort of uh, begs the question, like, can we expect you two to push these themes further in your upcoming debut LP, LA Fade, that you've spent the last tumultuous year working on? Definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of it. <laughs> Practically the whole thing is about it. It so. almost was going to be a concept album because of this tumultuous relationship I had. Yeah. It was based a lot around. You know, drop a Taylor Swift album. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a little mix of millennial problems in there. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. We, that, that's, that's who we need to hear from right now. The millennials. <laughs> <I'm sure>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, to segue to college radio, which has been the foundation of many artists careers. And in a time when there are several other services and ways of music discovery, like TikTok, why do you think college radio still matters? Why do I matter? I mean, it's college kids is where it's at. That's like where I found music. Like that, that, like college was like, I don't know. That was like the most important music discovery time for me. So I feel like that's probably where a lot of people fall in love, like hardcore with. Absolutely. Like the re- that's when you really become, I don't know. Like when I was like, when you're before that, you're sort of like a casual listener or maybe you like, you know, like stuff, but then you become obsessed in college. I feel yeah. Like that's, that's well, sort of the- well, for me, like when I was living at home, if I was listening to like, I don't know, Eminem or something, like I would get in trouble. So I wasn't really allowed to listen to whatever I wanted to when I was younger, like when I was at home. So once I went to college I could listen to whatever albums whatever people I wanted to as loud as I wanted to and that's exactly what I did so that's definitely when I like just listened all the way through to things and I don't know obsessed and And it being on the radio too is like it's more of a community feeling than like you're in your own bubble on Spotify or something so that's always fun when you turn on the radio and you feel like there's a lot of other people listening to this right now yeah yeah it's good discovery for sure. Well, thank you, Dana and Daniel, for speaking with me today. Thank you so thank much. You. Sean is an American rock guitarist, songwriter, and vocalist, best known for his work with the bands Journey and Bad English. Sean was inducted into the Oklahoma Music Hall of Fame on August 23, 2013, and into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of Journey on April 7, 2017. One of the most famous and beloved American rock bands of all time, having written some of the best-known songs in the modern musical canon. Since the group's formation, the band has earned 19 top 40 singles, 25 gold and platinum albums, and has sold nearly 100 million albums globally. Their greatest hits album is certified 15 times platinum, and their song Don't Stop Believin' has been streamed over 1 billion times alone. This year, Journey's seventh studio album, Escape, was certified diamond by the RIAA, 
which denotes the album has sold over 10 million equivalent units. Escape, released in 1981, celebrated its 40th anniversary on July 17th and spawned the hits Open Arms, Who's Crying Now, Stone in Love, and Don't Stop Believin'. The band is now working on their next studio album, and Neil Sean kindly joined us for World College Radio Day. Welcome back to World College Radio Day. My name is AJ Tanari from 98.5 WNUW over here at Newman University. And my name is Ben Petrick from 90.3 WMSC at Montclair State University. We are excited to be joined in our virtual studio by guitar legend Neil Sean, founder of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band Journey. You and your band Journey are on tour right now. I can only imagine that you've been working at home and uh, throughout the pandemic, you've been kind of, you've lost that opportunity to go out there and entertain mm-hmm. people the way Scratching you get- the walls to get out of the house, you know, yeah. the usual. Do what you do best, which is just make people happy. So how is it getting finally back on the road and touring, seeing people smile, giving people a Saturday off to enjoy watching you play guitar with Journey? Uh, Well, of course, we're looking forward to getting back out there and performing our music because uh, it's one of the highlights of our lives. You know, it's what we do and the music lifts everybody. It's time for a lift for everyone. I think it's one of the reasons that, you know, another one of our records just received a Diamond Award, Escape, which is, you know, amazing at this point that uh, an album that came out 40 years ago is now going diamond. It's like journey is going nowhere but forward, you know, and upward. And we have new music. I've been working on, I was fortunate enough to be able to work on um, new material for the band during the pandemic. And we recorded over 30 songs. And so our album, we released a single, you know, a little bit ago. Uh, It was uh, the first thing. It's funny, man. It's like, you know, I've been playing this whole time during this pandemic. I spent a lot of time writing and practicing and playing. And, you know, I did miss my fans. And so I chose to start, you know, just setting my phone up in the studio and looping and jamming every day and just playing a lot of these different guitars, you know, in writing. And one of the first things I wrote was on keyboards. I learned how to play keyboards better than ever during the pandemic, which I'd never really done before. And uh, that's where our first single came from. And it was just released. And a lot of people went, wow, man, I don't, you know, it's, I love it. 90% people love it. The other 10% went, I don't think it sounds like Journey. I go, well, I never wrote it to be a Journey song. So it's funny. We have... 30 other songs that we've written and some, some of them unmistakably journey, you know, without sounding like another song that we have, it just sounds like a new version of the band because we do have a new rhythm section and uh, it's ballistic, man. And there's no lack of guitar in this record. So I'm excited about it getting out there. I think any guitar player, uh, out there is going to love this record because I'm just kind of like unleashing on this record. You know, like I do a lot live, but sometimes hold back in the studio. I don't think it's like, you know, ODing on the guitar at all and going overboard. But I think, you know, I, I like to check out the times and, and where I see music going. I've usually had a pretty good gut instinct about it. And I feel like the the late 60s, you know, the time and era of, you know, like the early Jeff Beck, 
uh, with Rod Stewart and Zeppelin when they first came out, The Cream with Clapton and Jack Bruce and Ginger Baker. That whole era, there's a lot of younger kids out there, younger generation that never got to experience that era. So I'm feeling like that is the era that I grew up in. And that's what I truly love doing and type of music I love playing. So I'm going more there and I'm writing uh, for that. Do you have a title yet? Not, well, we have, we're throwing around titles, but it's too early to put a title on it because we, we haven't whittled exactly down to the what 12 or 13 songs are going to be on this album out of 30. What was your experience with college radio? How did you get through with college radio? And how did you guys begin your journey? LOL. Pun completely intended. (laughs) (laughs) I never made it to college. So, you know, I, I, the only thing I know about college radio is, you know, that we've had a lot of fans in, in college, right? College guys like yourself. But I think that journey is one of those significant bands that are a staple you know, I mean, we're, we're embedded in stone now at this point. And, you know, the music is, it's not going anywhere. If anything, it just continues to grow. What does the word resilience mean to you on a personal level? Resilience is never giving up man, and being stronger than anything you've come up against. And I'm talking anything you can possibly imagine. Okay. I'm talking the music industry. I'm talking mob. I'm talking everything. (laughs) And you have to be willing to go for it, man. Otherwise, they're going to control you. They'll keep you in a box. And you can only get out of it if if you're resilient and you fight. Neil Sean, everybody, founder of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band Journey. Thank you so much for sitting down with us today. You were extremely generous with your time, and we are extremely appreciative. You guys are cool, man. Thanks so much, man. This is World College Radio Day 2021. Silvina Moreno is currently one of the most talented singer-songwriters from Argentina. Her music is a clear reflection of her personality and a delicate journey around the everyday life of a woman, imprinted by freshness, sympathy, and a spark of female power. A three times nominee of Argentina's most prestigious music award, Premio Gardel, and a nominee for the Fans' Choice Award, Silvina writes and sings autobiographical songs, which has led to some comparisons to the rise of Taylor Swift. She started her career as a young girl who already knew quite early on that she was meant to be a musician. When she turned 20, she moved to the U.S. to attend Berkeley College of Music. While earning hours of expertise, she recorded what later became her first solo album, Manana. After five years of living in Boston and New York, she moved back to Buenos Aires and released it as an indie record which got her a nomination for a Gardel Award, Argentina's most prestigious music awards. With this album, she toured Latin America, USA, the UK, Netherlands, and Germany. She also opened shows for Alicia Keys, Gilberto Gill, Dirty Projectors, Michael Bolton, among other artists. Her latest and fourth album, Herminia, was released in 2019. WMSC's Caitlin Aristizavel. I'm 
here with Silvina Moreno. Uh, she is a singer-songwriter from Argentina, three-time nominee of the Premios Gardel for Best New Pop Artist, Best Female Pop Artist, and Best Song by Singer-Songwriter this past year for Edminia. Uh, but thank you for joining us virtually. Nice to meet you. <laughs> meet you too. Um, so I saw the Bendelo music video. It's beautiful. And the thank song you. is beautiful too. I love it. Benelou is the latest single from her album, Edmenia, which features the Colombian artist and producer Juan Pablo Vega, which you just said. And you have said that the song speaks about the ambivalence of love and life. For those listeners who have not heard, please explain this ambivalence. Well, I wrote the song, I think the, the side of me that wrote the song, the romantic Silvina, like the side of me that looks at love and likes to talk about love itself and how sometimes love is very... Especially romantic love seems like very clear and very obvious to us. And then the next day or the next minute, it's just a mystery. Like sometimes we feel like we get it and sometimes we feel like we're lost <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense. Like it makes sense sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. And that ambivalence and that sort of going back and forth between understanding and not understanding. And I think that's life itself as well. It's not just love, but love is a constant learning curve for me. And I think for most people, um, it's, a, it's a challenge and it's something that I've been going through, especially through throughout the last couple of years. And I've been learning so much from my relationships in terms of like not assuming that love is a given, not assuming that you just know how to love someone. No, you sort of have to learn how to do it. Or you have to learn how to love better and how to be loved in a better way. So it sort of talk, speaks about that. And and it could it could apply to life as well. It's not just love. We had to we have to learn how to live basically. And sometimes we succeed, sometimes we fail, and that's just how it goes. Yeah, no, that's I love that analogy like relating it to like a pendulum which is beautiful but it's true i mean we're always learning it's a whole it's a growing process it's nothing's ever easy if it doesn't just come to us but speaking of that like now that you shared that do you think that you draw a lot of your inspiration from your own personal life or is it more of imaginary concept most of it i would say all of it is from my personal experience some of it uh maybe i'm not talking about someone in particular but I am speaking about personal emotions and stuff that I've been through. I don't usually write songs about other other people's lives sometimes, but no, no. I generally go to to my life and try to take experiences that are personal because they're easier to talk about for me uh, and they're quicker. There's a like there's a sense of um, urgency to, to get it out and speak about what I'm going through. So it's very narcissistic <laughs> but you know so far it's been interesting because you can tell the same sort of life stories in so many different ways and find creative ways of speaking about your life but in a with a different perspective no definitely if you're just tuning in we're talking to argentine singer-songwriter silvina moreno um, so you're talking to us on College Radio and you always make time for us. College Radio has been the foundation of many artists' careers and in a time when there are several other services and ways of music discovery, why do you think College Radio still matters? First of all, it's a great platform to meet people and to even practice and get good at this. So it's sort of a safe space to, 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 to let yourself go and, and try it out. People who study broadcasting or, or wanna, want to be radio producers or whatever, like in, in any sense, it's a great practicing space. And also it's legit because the college 
because colleges in the U.S. are thousands and there's thousands of people in them and, and they're they're paying attention. And, and this energy that you have in college, like you, I don't think you ever have it again. <laughs> I mean, that sounds pessimistic, but it's true. When you're in college, you're so full of energy. You want to take the world, take the world and, and you want to conquer everything. And I felt that way. It's not that I don't feel that way anymore, but when I crossed my 30s, I sort of calmed down a little bit. <laughs> like the anxiety of being the best, sort of like, okay, we can calm down now. You know, your career is fine. You know, you don't need to be that anxious like when you were in college. So, but college was a time of like, like being so active. And I think it's, it's very important to defend that because it's a stage of life that's like so beautiful. And, and, my, and especially and my friends from college are precious to me. Because that was a precious time in my life. That's beautiful. What advice or message would you give to students that getting their start in college radio today? I think uh, I would say there's this video on Vimeo. It's not on YouTube. It's called The Gap by Ira, Ira Glass, which Ira Glass is a writer, right? He, he's, not a, he's not a musician. He's a writer, but he describes the creative process. And he mentions that there's usually a gap between your taste and what you love and what you're doing right now. So there's a gap because you feel like what you're doing is not very good at the beginning. You feel like eh, you're too far from what you admire. And how do you, how do you close that gap? Is just do a lot of work set yourself deadlines and build a portfolio of work. And that's what I've done so far. In my case, I'm a musician, so I have four albums. Four albums are my portfolio. And I recorded them in the last eight years. It didn't take me eight months. It took me eight years to have four albums and to say, okay, I have a career, I have a manager, you know, I have a team. That took years. So he explains like, it takes years to do this. And a lot of people give up not even halfway. Like a lot of people give up when they see it's going to take time. And for most things, we think they have to be immediate uh, right now. Like in a year, I have to like be so successful. Yeah. And, and that's the anxiety I'm talking about when you're in your 20s. <laughs> and then you understand that for most people in the world, it takes years to build something that's yours. So be patient and take your time and don't give up. And because the biggest lesson I had in Berkeley was never give up don't give up this is a long long journey so just enjoy it and understand that it'll take years to see results but that's okay that it's like that that's it's like that for most people oh, well it has been so awesome to get to know you Sylvina. you're one of my first artist interviews um, oh. so thank you thank you for making it a memorable one. <laughs> oh, well it's wonderful yeah thank you and uh and thank you for your time and, and for giving me this outlet We'll be right back with our special program for World College Radio Day 2021. Welcome back. This is World College Radio Day 2021.
Monarch consists of Ryan Williams, whose term as guitarist and songwriter for Red Sun Rising helped thrust the band from garage to greatness, and James Laskew and Matt Puhey, aka the powerhouse rhythm section from rock band Wilson, a band known for their amazing live shows. Adding a fresh perspective is Monarch's vocalist Sebastian Duke. His soulful voice and soaring range are highlights of every song. The seeds from Monarch were planted in 2015 when both Red Sun Rising and Wilson were on tour with mutual friends, nothing more, on their Jenny U.S. tour. This would be the first meeting between Ryan, James, and Matt. The three quickly hit it off, spending the next five years crossing paths as they crossed continents, performing nearly 1,000 shows between their bands. It was merely a coincidence that both bands' runs would come to an end in late 2019. The three would gel very quickly and soon posted a Vocalist Wanted ad. Out of the hundreds of submissions, the guys knew Sebastian was exactly the voice they were looking for. Monarch was in motion. The band has been in the studio working with producer Bob Marlette on their debut album, with the still-untitled set currently expected to arrive in February 2022. WMSC's Charlie Falatico talked with Monarch. Today, I'm excited to be joined in our virtual studio by a supergroup. Monarch is in the house, and you already know these guys. The quartet consists of Ryan Williams, formerly of Red Sum Rising, James LaSalle and Matt Pui of the rock band Wilson, and vocalist Sebastian Duke. Right now, joining me is Ryan and James. Thanks for coming in today, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, dude. Appreciate it. So I'm really stoked to talk to you guys. The, I've been all about the fray. I think it's great. And although you guys have your own influences from your other projects, some of which are 90s, some of which are a little bit more recent, I want to know what it's like bringing your own like new unique sound to the scene and how important is it to be able to release something that feels inherently in only years? It feels great. We're, we're really excited. It's, um, you know, it could have been perceived any way, you know, uh, it was important to us that we try to resonate a little bit with our old fan bases, even though we were starting something new and uh, the feedback's been incredible. But for the most part, when we all got together, it was during COVID when this whole thing started when we decided to put this band together and, um, we really put the blinders up, man. I mean, we, we, I, I don't remember really referencing much or paying much attention to anything else besides what we liked and what we were doing. So the sound, the sound really, really, truly came from that. It came from a combination of everybody's experiences and maybe what they were missing in their previous touring experience or what they were hoping to get out of the next one. It just really showed shows up in the fray. I think. So you guys come together, create this band. How do you go uh, about finding your powerhouse voice, such as Sebastian, in the middle of this global pandemic that we were facing? Well, the way we did it, and I'm sure a lot of people these days kind of do the same thing. But Ryan made, he made an ad to post on his personal social media pages, and I posted it on mine. And we kind of didn't really know what the reaction would be. We were hoping we'd get you know, maybe a handful of people that would seriously inquire what a few days in we had like hundreds. I woke, I woke up to 150 on day one. Yeah. Like emails of just people sending YouTube videos of them singing cover songs or, you know, people sending recordings of themselves singing on their phones or in the shower or whatever. And we just kind of started sifting through all of them. And there's a lot of really good singers out there, you know, yeah, we, we were worried that we weren't going to get a ton. Do you remember talking about that? Especially because we had both come off of two different projects that were successful. So, like, in a way, it was almost embarrassing to have to put, like, the singer wanted flyer up. But also, it really felt like a commitment. 
and it was like, hey, we're we're doing this. We're gonna start this up. Yeah, the, it was it was one of those first things we did together where it felt like, okay, we are taking this more seriously now. Trying to bring somebody else into the fold here, mm-hmm. and um, we neither of us really knew what we were looking for either. We we didn't have a set of traits, you know, a list of set of traits for yeah. anyone. Like the guy has to sound like this or or he or her. I don't know. Like we we just didn't didn't know what we wanted. And after about a week or so of listening to submissions, I remember Ryan. He called me on the phone. He was like, "Dude, listen to this guy." Okay, cool. Yeah, I got a cover of Somebody to Love by Queen. Mm-hmm. And it was... It blew our minds. It was, it was amazing. Essentially. And and both of us, just without even hesitation, were like, that. That's what we That's want. what we're going to do. Yeah, I don't think we ever discussed, like, characteristics of a singing voice. I think we literally just discussed characteristics of their personality. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, more than... More than anything, they had to be a certain kind of dude. And um, luckily, we found that, we found that voice and... Um, Boy, it's it's easy to write around that too when you have somebody who's such a powerhouse and is kind of a chameleon, and um, it's uh, you know there's there's no real chance that we're going to write something that he can't sing to at least so far. So it's been great. How long did it take before you guys decided on having him as a singer to like really like get to know him and get that chemistry? Because I feel like it's probably really important to get that. You know, it's one thing to see him online with demo tapes and stuff, but it's another thing to like meet him in person and get that band chemistry going. I mean, that's something we were definitely nervous about about in the beginning. And it's strange when, so when, when you're like in a band with other people, you kind of usually have some sort of brotherhood or camaraderie that forms through rehearsing together and playing shows together or even hanging out together. We have none of that. Like right. we don't, we never see each other aside from Ryan and I and, you know, and, Matt, the drummer, with Sebastian, none of us are friends with them. He, we're not friends of his either. And the thing that we all have in common is wanting to write music together. So we just didn't know what was going to happen. The first time we actually got together as a band, it was insane. The, the chemistry. That yeah, was had. great. Um, I think we put together, what, like 10 songs in three days or something yeah. like that. We just started having ideas pouring out of us. And we just worked so well together that a lot of those inhibitions and fears kind of just went away. And it's just really easy to communicate musically. And like, we're, we're still learning each other personally as, as human beings, you know, but the, the easiest language that we have is music right now. And that's, that's all we need to get along with this. And we feel like we're, we're definitely a rock band and we love our influences and we have like, an ethos of paying homage to our influences, but we also love new music. For everyone just tuning in right now, we are sitting down with the supergroup Monarch, and we're here with Ryan Williams and James Laskow. And in this day of age of uh, so many music discovery options, such as streaming, TikTok, other social media, et cetera, what do you think is the impact or importance of college radio on our music industry? College radio, it represents a time in your life. I think that's when most people are come of age and they they solidify what it is that they like about art and music and um, especially music. And then they influence the rest of the world. I mean, everybody, it seems like the colleges set the trends and I think it's important to have that, you know, something that ties into your school where, you know, where you party, where you learn, where your sports teams are. And um, the soundtrack to that part of your life is huge. And I think that's really important. The theme 
of this year's College Radio Day is resilience. And that seems to be a theme going with your band too. And I wanted to know in difficult situations, how do you guys bounce back? And what does that word mean to you personally? I guess for me being resilient, um, just really focusing more on what, what makes us happy and what do we want to achieve in the future and how do we lay those tracks to, to get to where we want to go, um, regardless of how long it's going to take. You know, with the lockdowns and COVID happening, we, you know, we haven't been able to do anything traditional like we've done throughout our entire lives being in bands. And uh, Ryan and I both, and Matt, we came out of experiences with our old bands that a lot of people would have just literally dropped their instruments and ran the other direction. Not even looks look at the music industry again, but we just kind of I don't know found this support system in each other, like especially with Ryan and I in writing music and uh, just kind of wanting to be happy, you know, and really realizing that music isn't something that I'm doing or he's doing on a regular basis that kind of eats away at, at our spirit and our soul, you know, and. Um, I guess on a personal level, like whatever you're going through, to be resilient means to always keep in mind and be focused on what makes you happy and what fulfills you. And uh, I think we're doing a good job of that thus far. Yeah. Uh, I'm extremely hungry to play a show. I haven't played a show since 2019. And I'm really looking forward to that with this band. And when I wake up in the morning or before I go to bed and I and I think intensely about things. I'm always thinking about when I go up on stage again, it's going to be with these guys. Does that answer your question? I don't know. I kind of want attention. No, that, that was perfect. And I, I really think that, that, you know, you guys have made a career off of being able to play music all your life and through the good and bad, you've just been able to pick yourself up. And I think that's, you know, exactly what we're going for, you know, whether it is playing in a band or being on college radio or being a part of a new or older medium, you know, just keep on going with that. And we are all looking forward to going to our live shows. And like I said, you guys are excited to play live, which would be awesome. You guys have been playing, of course, in bands for a long time. And I wanted to know what in your life, if, or if you had an aha moment that made you want to make that leap into becoming a career musician. Yeah. Uh, mine's the first time I ever played one of my own songs live. You know, I, I had done the cover thing, and I was younger and I think I played, I was 17 years old when the first time I played a club and it was my first band where I had written or been part of writing the music. And I remember we put like, we put like a hundred people in this really little room, mostly friends, family, and parents. And I remember walking off stage and thinking like, this is it. This is what I, what I have to do from now on, which, you know, it ended up working. You know, there wasn't, it wasn't easy. It was a long ride going up to that. But my first experience, original music, live that was for me my sophomore year talent show at high school when i was in high school had a little high school band and uh we decided to play the talent show and play an original song and uh i remember i was so nervous and had so much anxiety before going up on stage and as soon as we hit the first note of the song i just had this this rush this feeling of euphoria and any fear that I had being on stage at that point was just gone. And I just knew that this was something I want to experience often. I, I hear what you guys are saying. And I would say a, a large part of our audience are college students who are still trying to find their way of what they want to do with their, what they want to do with life and how they're going to make that impact. I would say, what advice would you give to any of them thinking about making that leap? I guess uh, 
party less. <laughs> you can party, but you know you got to focus on uh, the task at hand too, because in, in the end, you're not really going to remember the party that you went to two weeks ago. If you're strongly passionate about something, pursue that to whatever end you know that you can. If if you're in school studying something that you're really not so passionate about, but you're halfway through or you're three fourths of the way through, and you're just like, oh, what the heck? I got to finish this do it just finish it like don't don't worry about it keep your head down do the work that you need to do and then focus on you when you're finished i feel like i'm hearing a lot here is that theme that we were talking before of resilience and i feel like it's such an important tool of growing up and thriving absolutely that's how we got the band name monarch i mean this is kind of a rebirth for us and it came from resilience there was no real motivating factor to do any of this besides the fact that we feel like we have to for some reason play music it's just inside of all of us i mean we've already taken the ride we've already been all over the world both of us we've done the radio thing we've done the huge show thing and when we came back and then we were in the middle of a pandemic and still somehow that part of us found a way to thrive and that in itself is resilience again that's why we're called monarch this was great guys i had a wonderful time talking to you i want to personally thank you guys on behalf of all college stations and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with me And I can't wait to hear what you guys have coming up next. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for asking really good questions. We appreciate that. The College Radio Foundation is grateful for the following organizations who have generously donated to the College Radio Fund and are official supporters for this event. Broadcasters General Store, Button Punks, College Broadcasters Incorporated, Comrax, Emissions Analytics, Geelong and Melbourne Student Media, Jager Lumber, Hindenburg Systems, Official Gold Supporter, Live 365, Official Gold Supporter, RCS Sound Software, Spinatron, official gold supporter. UTA Radio, WinOMT Software. Vero True Social, official gold supporter. For more information about the College Radio Foundation and World College Radio Day, please visit collegeradio.org. My name is Len O'Kelly, and it's been my pleasure to narrate this special program for World College Radio Day. We thank all the people and stations that contributed content for this program. The program was produced by Rob Quick and Annabella Poland. Long live college radio. From high atop the Genesee Community College, This is WGCC-FM Batavia, the music FM. Hey, watch this. You're going to pull that alarm? Why not? It'll be fun. That kind of fun can cost a life. Barbecue! False alarms are no joke. They keep firefighters away from the real action. And in this business, a few seconds can mean the difference between life and death. Remember, a firefighter's job is to fight fires. Not answer false alarms. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! This message is brought to you by the original G.I. Joe animated series, 
And also brought to you by us, 90.7 FM, WGCC FM Batavia. Keep it locked for more of Batavia's best music all the time. The all-new GeneseeAthletics.com is your home for Genesee Athletics Online. For all the latest news, schedules, results, information on recruitment and intramurals and more, check out GeneseeAthletics.com. GeneseeAthletics.com, your internet home of your Genesee Community College Cougars. Do you need your phone, tablet, laptop, or desktop computer fixed? The PC Repair Club at GCC is here to help. Windows, Mac, Google, Android, iOS, PC Repair Club can fix it all. GCC faculty, staff, and students can have their electronic devices looked at and fixed for free courtesy of the PC Repair Club. Wanting to upgrade devices but don't know the best way? The PC Repair Club can help you with the best approach of your upgrade. Needing a new part to fix your electronic device or advisement on purchasing new parts? The PC Repair Club will install any new part for free and will answer any question you have. WGCC even sends some of our work to the PC Repair Club, and they in part help to keep us playing Batavia's best music. The PC Repair Club meets every Tuesday and Thursday from 1230 to 2 p.m. during Common Hour in room D205 on the Batavia campus. Email pcrepairclub at genesee.edu or find them on Facebook at GCC Computer Repair Club. Looking for a new unique way to connect with your community? Have an event coming up that you would like our loyal listeners to know about? WGCC not only plays Batavia's best music, but is also Batavia's only award-winning FM radio station. To contact WGCC and become an underwriter, find us on Facebook at 90.7 FM or by email at WGCC907FM at gmail.com. As always, keep it locked. This broadcast is brought to you by WGCC Radio in Vintage Batavia. Located in the historic Harvester Building, Vintage is a family-run business specializing in vintage items. Inventory is constantly changing, and you never know what you might find. More information is available on Facebook by searching Vintage Batavia or by email at vintagebatavia at yahoo.com. 90.7 is back to basics. Serious rock and roll with no commercial interruptions. That means more music, and that's what radio is all about. Radio dials all over western New York are finding the new sounds of 90.7 FM, WGCC. This broadcast is made possible by WGCC Radio and Trillium Health. Did you know that Trillium Health offers free, confidential testing for HIV and STDs? We can mail free testing kits to anyone living in New York. Call 585-210-4275 or visit trilliumhealth.org slash home testing and apply today. This broadcast is brought to you by WGCC Radio and Vintage Batavia. Located in the historic Harvester Building, Vintage is a family-run store specializing in vintage items. Inventory is constantly changing, and you never know what you might find. More information is available on Facebook by searching Vintage Batavia or by email at vintagebatavia at yahoo.com. Since 1966, the New Courier newspaper has been the place to turn to for the latest news and events happening at Genesee Community College. From what is happening around campus and at the campus centers to finding out the score of last night's Cougars game, check out the New Courier, available throughout campus and coming soon, the e-edition of the Courier Online. 
To contact the new courier, contact Chris Stassinger or Cindy Hagelberger today. The new courier, your newspaper, your voice. Participation in student groups at Genesee Community College is a great way to meet new people, discover new interests, and learn more about yourself and the world around you. Wait, what? That's right. There are clubs and organizations to fit almost anyone's interests, and options are available for creating your own. You're serious? Some of the current groups include... Cinemagic, for those with interest in film and cinema. The Cougarettes Dance Team. Office Technology Club. The Criminal Justice Club. Nursing Club. Student Government Association and the Campus Activities Board. To learn more, visit genesee.edu. Why choose GCC? Affordable classes on campus and online. GCC offers 60-plus academic programs, and SUNY degrees are transferable, too. Student housing is available while you build a career that will take you anywhere. Check out GCC's drive through Open House on Saturday, October 16th from 10 to 1230. Register online at genesee.edu slash visit. Your time is now. You're listening to College Radio Day. Across the nation, across the world, this is the day we all come, come together. Whatever happens, 
You are listening to College Radio Day. Across the nation, across the world, this is the day we all come together. Get out of the way, Wimp. We stay hot all day. All day. 90.7, the Music FM.